But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your father. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swagging jacking some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. After further review, we've got David the Man of God Harris here on the phone lines. He's got to get his two-minute drill going, so we're going to get into his actually winners and losers, and then we'll get into the NFL pick But first, hold on, we'll get into this, David, we'll get into your music. All right, David, go ahead, winners and losers. All right, so we'll get started, obviously, with losers first before we get to the winners. Like I teased last segment, the 2005 College Football Powers had a really rough week last week. So we're just going to are finishing the season 14th that year. Florida State, obviously, is a big marquee upset. Jacksonville State coming in, taking the money and leaving out with the victory. Uh, if you're... Someone like me that listens to the. Um, what happened, David? You there? Yep, I'm here. Sorry, if you're one like me that listens to the broadcast and likes listening to the play by play and color commentators, do you a favor and listen to the call of kind of Florida State great. Just throwing his mic down into stuff and. What I appreciate is that that's how I felt a lot of times. I'm not going to keep bringing up the Tim Beckman era, but <laughs> wow, you went way back. Do, it's like I, we wanted to do that a lot. The coaches next to us, we all know kind of that call that made Jason Candle swear and probably came through and picked up on our airways. Like that, that's authentic raw emotion. And so, shout out to. Jackson will say again the win. Shout out to broadcasters for just being authentic in the booth. Um, Southern Cal losing to Stanford in a way that was just—it was just bad. Like, I, it's I got somebody fired, say. basically. Yeah, Clay Helton is like you know, congratulations, but yeah, you got to move on. I. I don't know what to do with Southern Cal because now with them struggling, can UCLA be the best team in Los Angeles? And that's something that we haven't said in terms of football in God knows how many years. And then, of course, you think about Texas. An introduction to the SEC, I teased the last week, we're saying, you know, they go from being a big fish in a small pond to a medium-sized fish in a big pond. And they did not look like they were able to compete with Arkansas. <laughs> like, it, it's going to be bad. And so if I am, if I have a Texas fan, knowing that if I wasn't able to 
stay on the same type of field within Arkansas? Oh, there's no way that you're getting anywhere close to competing with Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida. Like, it, it's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Transitioning from the college game to the pro game. Rookie quarterbacks last week, a lot of them, we talked a little bit about this last week, whether those are you know going to be thrown to the fire week one versus easing in. Two quarterbacks that were thrown to the fire, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Wilson just, eh. it was a rough game because, you know, you're the Jets, the Jets starting quarterback, so you're always having to try to climb that hill. But, he struggled, and that's natural for an NFL debut. And then similar with Trevor Lord. Like, you're not playing against Boston College or North Carolina State. Like, you're playing against grown professionals. Right. And these grown professionals are able to read defenses way, you know, read offenses better than you're able to read defenses. So this is their job. And so... I wasn't surprised that both of them struggled. I mean, you're you're in Jacksonville, so you're going to struggle anyways. Trevor Lawrence, but yeah, just that that was a good welcome to the NFL kind of moment for sure. Ah, and then last loser, the entire NFC North, and you understand, okay, I. Like, I predicted last week that the Saints would beat the Packers. I didn't think that it would look like the way that it did. But you can kind of understand, okay, Packers lose. It was bound to happen. Packers, Saints, two of the marquee teams in the NFC total. Bears, Sunday Night Football, none of us thought that that was going to happen. The way that, you know, they actually competed showed a little bit of signs of hope. Yes, we saw a little bit of the Justin Fields experiment. Honestly, don't know what to expect with the Bears moving forward, how that's going to look, but that's a whole other kind of question. Uh, Detroit Lions, actually, the team that impressed me most last weekend, going down, thinking that it was going to be, you know, a pound town alert, and then showing in the fourth quarter. Well, hey, we're actually a decent football team. Who, Detroit? Or, I mean, the, the Bears thing, I, and I wanted to kind of chime in. I didn't want to super cut you off. I thought the Bears, well, the secondary sucks. I mean, Matt Stafford pretty much sliced and diced them. Um, but with that offensive line, as bad as it is, as I mentioned last week, I don't think they need to put Justin Fields in. You know, keep Andy Dalton in there. He's only got a one-year contract, and you're not going anywhere. Um, then they just, you know, gradually put, fields in there and let him get a feel of the game remember Mahomes sat out for a year behind Alex Smith help him to learn to be a professional but that that line once again was already thin they didn't put any money into it and there was a few key injuries during that game that made it bad and people talked about Andy Dalton only going underneath yeah so that's one you alright um Going underneath, so I, I. But then again, if you watch the broadcast, Chris Collins were talked about that the, the the Rams defense is an umbrella defense. We'll give you the stuff underneath. You're just not going to beat us with the deep ball. And Andy Dalton, as a professional, took what was given to him. Um, you know, I thought I thought it was gutsy for the Bears to go on fourth downs, which was wasn't, wasn't bad. Uh, Montgomery is going to be the bright spot this year, but you knew that was what was going into it. Um, Ryan Pace. 
I think Matt Nagy's a really it's starting to show. I think great Bryant, Matt Nagy's a great coach because of the dookie he's gotten. I mean, you know, Mitchell Trubisky has been able to win with him. A lot of picks that Ryan Pace has made have not really panned out, and the Bears have been actually competitive. So if anything, anything, I, I don't think you should fire Matt Nagy. A lot of people say fire Nagy and Pace. It's starting to show just after just watching that game because Kyle Fuller is gone now, which now you're starting to realize in that secondary you need him. Uh, that Ryan Pace is turning out to be not a very good GM, and some of the pieces that Matt Nagy has gotten, he's kind of overexceeded as a coach. He's gotten the most out of the potential of with the talent that they have. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, kind of to that point, if you're thinking about the long term, do you bring someone in to kind of, I don't want to say like a veteran, just one year kind of thing, do you try gouge the free agent market because yes, the defense is going to look like, I mean, granted, and I can understand the defense looking bad, but it's also, Matt Stafford has seen this defense for a while, so he's like, I know how to exploit you, I know what your weakness is, so was that kind of Kyle Fuller being bad or Matt Stafford knowing Well, Kyle Fuller's on the gone. Other side? Yeah, remember, Fuller's Fair, gone. Not, not Fuller, um, just know that the Bears secondary has always been really kind of subpar and True. because of his experience in the NFC North. True. Um, him being able to like, okay, Khalil Mack, silence. You know, we can kind of, he can, Matt Stafford has the ability to isolate him mm-hmm. in a way to really kind of make him a non-factor. And then it's like, okay, the rest of you guys I know. Like, Come on. Yeah, Khalil so, Mack is starting to you're starting to realize that with the double teams, and sometimes he, he, they even just put single coverage on him, and he's not getting around guys. And I think you know Pace, you know, trading away for Mack, it looked great early on, but for the longevity of the team and him signing a big contract, was that really helping the Bears? You know, going with Mitchell Trubisky, and then the Bears. You know, you only have that short window. For defenses to be good and then injuries start to get to them and then people people you know the nfl you got smart individuals they figure out the defenses so is that window the question is with this defense is that window closed you're gonna have to start reevaluating who well, obviously the secondary straight got awful so now maybe in this next draft you get some some secondary pieces um but is the window closing how much longer is khalil Mack gonna be and, and you've seen this with the bears it just seems like they never get anything in sync Either the defense is out this world and the offense is anemic or the offense is great and the defense is straight awful. There's just never any kind of balance with this organization. And that, that's, but, it, it, but it also starts with the ownership, too, which is a mess. So it's the same old Bears. Hopefully they can beat the um, Bengals, which they're, they were a three-point favorite early in the week. Now it's two and a half. Continue. Yeah, and, and speaking of the Bengals, I mean, if you're the Vikings, like, that's just got to be a gut punch. Well, like, I helped the Bears because no one won in the NFC, so I thought that was great what the Bengals did. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed that the Bengals came out. I mean, I knew at home, kind of intensity, new season, you know, you finally get Joe Burrow, kind of get to see him in a full game. Still a lot of questions, but, yeah, 
they surprised me. The Vikings just massive disappointment. And it's, True. It's, it's, yeah. The, the, the question is, now the question is with the Vikings, can't is Kirk Cousins the guy that gets you to the chip? You know, is he, he's kind of like a better version of Mitchell Trubisky where you can win with him. But is he really going to get you to the promised land? Is he in that Aaron Rodgers category? Well, obviously we can answer that. The answer is no, even though Aaron Rodgers did get smacked up. Which Did you put the Packers as a loser? They got smacked. Yeah, well, the entire, I'm putting the entire conference okay. the division. All right, so, you know, that's the question. But go with the line. You were going to talk about the Lions, which I watched that Lions game. It was very entertaining. Yeah, I think the Lions, the Lions impressed. They were my most impressive team in the division because usually, and I'm sure Frank would agree if he was here. We're used to seeing them just lie down, take the butt whooping. <laughs> but they actually showed in the fourth corner, hey, we have a little bit of heart fight, <laughs> and they almost won that thing. They did, and I, and I mean, I don't know if that says more about um, the Lions. Like having that heart to not quit, and that's something that um, Dan Campbell really installed and ingrained into this cult, like trying to establish that culture of, you know, don't quit when it's a blowout, or if it's just how I feel and the ni- I just don't trust the Niners, or maybe both. I think it was mil- but, a little bit of both. I, I-, I do. I-, I thought it was a little bit of both. Um, but you're right. At least you're seeing it now. You're seeing it now, where at least there's a little bit of change in call. I'll give you, I'll give them that. They didn't give up because in years past, you're right. The Lions would get down, and then the, the game would just get out of hand. Yeah, yeah, but but also, yeah, the defense is just so. I don't want to say god awful, but they're not looking like an NFL caliber defense. There's a lot of work for Dan Campbell to do. Because I think there's going to be a lot of games where they're going to give up 28, 31, 35 points. Yeah, that's bad. It's going to be ugly. That's real bad. I don't know. But look on the bright side, though. At least it'll be entertaining. Right? I, I, God, I hope so. At least, at least, at least, you know you'll get some entertaining stuff from the Lions. At least you know that the game will be close and you'll be on the edge of your seat. Now, whether or not it turns to wins, wins is a different thing. But other than that, though, at least, at least you'll be interesting and entertaining. You'll be in the Dallas Cowboys uh, category. Yeah, and that's. I mean, hey, if you can keep um, keep people in seats, then that will can keep you know eyeballs glued to TV. That's gonna that's gonna get you far. Right. And it's gonna, yeah. Right. All right. Uh-huh. Keep going. And transitioning to the winners, the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals, kind of defying the odds and getting a win to start start the year one and zero. Uh, this doesn't really do much for my preseason predictions where I thought that they would only have, you know, four or five wins. Who's that? The Bengals. <laughs> you also missed but, on the Cardinals, too. <laughs> I had to say it, David. I had to say it, David. 
no one thought that Kyler Murray was going to go out there and play his freaking lights out. You know. Oh, and see, this I I don't know if the UT segment was hater segment because this is hater segment right here. We had this discussion about with your NFC West preview. I couldn't believe you put them the, the Cardinals last. Now it's a tough conference, but what is it with you against Kyler Murray? I'm, I'm just not a fan. Like I, <laughs> I can tell. He's, like he he runs around like he showed moments last year where he. Like his decision making was poor. He's he's trying to basically be Russell Wilson, and there's only one of those. Well, what's and wrong with that? that? Because you see, I mean, Russell Wilson is basically running for his life week after week, and I mean, he's like, and he's won a Super Bowl, and he's having to run for his life. Alvarez just runs around just for fun. Like he he wants to improvise. And do all this running and scrambling and all this other stuff. And, like, that's, like, for me, that that's not what I, what I think about when I think about even a scrambling quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, I think of, like, a Lamar Jackson who doesn't think first to scramble, second scramble. Like, Lamar Jackson has tried to be, you know, throw first and then use his legs as another weapon. Right. Whereas I think Kyler Murray just wants to run around and, you know, kind of play backyard football. Right. Which is good in the short term, but that's not sustainable for a long term. And because of his size and his ability, because if he gets one good pop, you know, that changes the trajectory of this team. Right. Okay, keep going. But yeah, just yeah. Uh, second, second winner from the NFL, Jameis Winston. I mean, when you can throw just twenty times and their offense is clicking that much, that's that's going to get you a lot of wins. And I think Jameis, if you don't, if he, you can, I don't want to say simplify it, but make the game easy for Jameis. That's going to breed success, and I think that's why he's the starting quarterback because this offense, hey, we're going to base it around Alvin Kamara, and then when it's time for kind of us to throw, we're going to be strategic about it. Mm -hmm. And that's when Jameis Winston is at his best, when he's able to be strategic about his precision, his passing, and I, I think he showed that it was a smart choice for him to be the starting quarterback instead of Taysom Hill. Okay. Uh, keep going. Got a couple more minutes winner, so we can get to the pick before you have to get out of this hard out. So keep going. All right. Third, third winner, the Oregon Ducks. Yes. I mean, that was just glorious. Oh, well, I know you enjoyed it as a, as a Penn State fan. I, I mean, it was just glorious. Just Ohio State, just quiet. And, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. So now Oregon, and really the entire Pac-12, is kind of is showing that, hey, we're not the team to mess with this year or the season. And then the last winner for me, just all the teams that decided to do their tune-up payday games this past week just to, 
this would beat the brakes off the team. Mm-hmm. Like, usually, you know, week one, we see the tune-up games. But last week, we saw a lot of kind of decent marquee matchups. And then this past Saturday, they're like, you know what? Let's bring in the D2 teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, a lot of teams kind of paid the money and took the loss. Um, but, yeah, a lot, a lot of them, 69 nothing. 55 nothing, 59. Just blow out city. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that happens from time to time. And that is it for the two minute offense, week two winners and losers. Nice. Like I said, make sure you always check out the segment here on 88.3 Doge Tees. After further review, uh, we have it where. Uh, Put your Frank Bash in the horse's head. So you can have it on your iTunes phone. And also, you can just go, go on SoundCloud. There'll be extra tease after further review. Take a quick commercial break. It'll be a one-minute warning commercial break. And then we'll get into the NFL pick and then we'll get on out of here. Listen to 88.3 Don't Your Tease. After further review, we'll be back after this. 